Hello and welcome to Casually Profound. I'm Lauren McLean, an astrologer, artist, and soul communicator, and your host for today's chat. As always, we're bringing conversations with friends about how we apply spiritual concepts into our everyday lives. Now, what makes these conversations special is although we are talking about our own personal experiences and most of us work as coaches in these fields, none of us are claiming to be experts in this. We are gathering as a group of peers to discuss phenomenon in our own lives and in the world around us. The beautiful thing about bringing together a group of equals like this is that you as a listener are always welcome to join these conversations. Please send us a message on Instagram at casually profound if the topic really turns you on and we can build a conversation from there. Now, today. Today we're talking about past lives. This is a very common topic, uh, a very t- common field of work within the spiritual realm, um, with many people believing that the idea that when we die, we are then subsequently reborn as someone or something else. One of the prolific authors that I know of in this subject is actually Michael Newton, who wrote The Life Between Lives and The Journey of the Soul. But there's lots of common practices around past lives, such as past life regression hypnotherapy, um, Akashic Records. And I know for myself, I actually learned techniques through neuro-linguistic programming where you visualize the timeline and you use kind of a meditative state to allow yourself to shift along your timeline in this life and then back into previous lives or ancestral heritage, that kind of thing, um, to bring healing in in those spots. But I know, Liz, you do something a little bit different um, to tap into past lives using the tarot, right? Can you explain a little bit about how you go about doing that? Yeah, so I'm clairsentient, which means that one of my psychic gifts is being able to receive what I call downloads, what many people call downloads, where it's just almost like the information comes into your mind and then you just know it or you just say it. And so the way that I found out that I could tap into past lives myself was through tarot reading. I was in a tarot reading with a client And all of a sudden, I just had this information in my mind, and it was kind of connecting with the tarot cards in front of me. But I just said to the client, I said, something's coming through that's a little bit different. Do I have your consent to go into this a bit deeper? And she said yes. And so I just started channeling through the information, and it was coming through kind of like a script. And then I was using my clairvoyance, like my clear inner seeing to visualize this script like playing out. And so then I was pulling through different details. And as I was doing this, she just kept going, oh my gosh, like this connects to this fear I have that I've never told anybody. Um, You know, oh, that piece connects to something that happened in my childhood. Oh, that piece connects to a recurring nightmare I have. And so I realized that we were onto something And so I referred to that as a past life at that moment. I said, I think we're tapping into a past life if this seems so resonant for you. And it's not coming from necessarily like things that feel like they originated here. So I just asked for guidance in that reading, like what am I supposed to use this for? And what came through with that reading was so many actionable steps for her to clear out, um, you know, past wounds or things that had been plaguing her fears. And so... I then started trying it intentionally. And the way that I would do it was just, you know, moving my body into like the woods or moving my body, um, 
you know, just on a walk and asking the timelines to come through for a client. And I would just get a few hits. And then I would come into the reading and say, like, I've got a few threads that have come through clairsentiently and um, claircognizantly, claircognizantly. I don't know why I kept saying clairsentience, but maybe that's going to come into play at some point. (laughs) Claircognizance. And I started like pulling, I'll, I'll pull tarot cards based on those threads that have come through before the reading. So um, that's how I access it. It has been really interesting so far. Sometimes I just start channeling through without the tarot cards. And for me, it's really like that visualization. I feel like I'm led further and further into the vision and I can pull through more details. And then I ask why, why are we getting these details? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's like tarot is that window to window to energies, right? There's so many things that can come through with that. So that makes, that makes perfect sense to me that it would come part and parcel with that. It's very cool that you're able to, to do that and experience it like that. Anastasia, I'm curious what practice you use to connect with uh, clients past lives or your own past lives. Mm -hmm. So it's actually evolved over time. Um, I have done it a few times within theta healing when we've kind of, I felt like there was a past life connection there and it's, I've just kind of asked questions to dig to the root of it. Um, and it's, it's evolved from that more simplistic state into what I do now. And I primarily connect to past lives through either Akashic readings or Akashic healing. Um, even if I'm not in the Akashics themselves per se, but they'll still send through like post-it notes and the healers will often come and work with me and my clients without having to actually access their records, which has been a very neat experience. Um, So when I'm going into past life healing and bringing forth wisdom around past lives, it kind of happens in one or two ways. When it's in a reading, um, they will typically give me, give me specifically more details where, um, the the client will be asking a question and they'll bring through like, okay, well, it's related to a past life where this is what was going on. These are the feelings. And then this is like, these are the steps and how you access and start clearing this. So it's very like, here's a framework, here's the guidance. And then you as the client goes and starts exploring this to clear these lessons, these beliefs and understand things. Now, when I'm in a healing, this is where it gets really, um, like really beautifully interactive and in depth where something will be coming up for my client. And I will often feel there's, there's more to this. That's not of this lifetime. So we start looking for the origin of things. And when we look for the origin first, it's, it's kind of a very beautiful step-by-step process of, okay, well, where is the origin? Does it feel like it's in this lifetime or a past lifetime, past lifetime? Okay, beautiful. And then we just start digging and asking questions. So what was going on? What are you feeling? Were you a man or a woman? Were you in utero? Like, were you even born yet? Were uh, I don't typically have past lives come up with animals um, where you were an animal, um, but I'm never, that's never off the table. But, you know, I typically am asking, like, were you a man or woman? Like asking for those details. And 
you know, some of my clients are very visual, so they get lots of visual. Some are more feeling based, some are more claircognizant. Um, so it really just depends on what it is that's needing to come through. And with the way that past life healings work with what I do is once we start kind of pulling on that thread to see, okay, well, what was going on? What were you feeling? What was happening? We can see where the beliefs are starting to come in. Um, and then from there, we're actually connecting with that past life self. So what wisdom do you have for me? Like what lessons are there? And you actually have a conversation with your past life self with other maybe people that were in that past life so that we can heal and shift things, get all that wisdom, all of that knowledge and embody it. And then whatever was needed back then that was being held on to. So for example, if there was a lot of fear or, you know, abuse, we're going to bring in that opposite of unconditional love and healing and support and anything that was needed because we're working in the spirit realm. So we're actually able to shift what happened in those past lives from an energetic standpoint so that what was actually needed back then is now gifted from this place here. It's so cool to watch how that like filters through from that past life into now. I actually just did mm -hmm. an exercise with somebody last night, allowing that all to flow through. And it always, it never ceases to amaze me how profound the perspective shift is in yeah. this life mm -hmm. when you allow that to really unfold fully. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It is really fascinating. And, you know, something that I've noticed a lot is we will have no almost like connection in, in this lifetime to like, why, why am I feeling a certain way? Or maybe when we go into that past life, there's specific emotions or words that you would never use in this current lifetime that come up and, but you're like, oh, that is perfect. Like I couldn't have said that any better, but I've never used this word in my life. Or like, it's so interesting to see how all of those threads come in and how that past life is so much a part of who you are today. And those like, it's like those, it's like sometimes old timey stuff comes in and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm using this language for this specific past life now. <laughs> like I'm crestfallen. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I've never used that word in my life, but apparently I am now. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that happened with me. So for myself with past lives, the there was a point in my life when I was literally begging the universe, like when I in prayer, just being like, please, please, um, to have all of my past life memories. Cause I'm crazy. And um I wanted to be able to access them as easily as I could access like memories from this lifetime. Um that was much younger before I realized that memory is quite fallible. Um, and I stopped being able to remember a lot of my younger years. Um, but anyways, the, so obviously nothing happened then. I was not asking with integrity. It was not like they knew what they were doing, but a long time after that, I actually started to be able to recall 
this one past life really, really stuck with me. And it was, it, it would come around the same way that like a spirit comes around. You know, you like walk into a new house and you're like, oh, there's like 10 dead people chilling in here. Um, it's, it was kind of like that. Spirits used to come to me when I was a teenager to, to talk or to ask for help or attention or just whatever. And so this past life started coming and just kind of bumping up against me all the time. And, um, so this one day, I mean, I, I knew about it. I had explored some of it in like sessions with a, with a, with a healer and stuff like that. And, but it was still, it still kept coming up. And so this one day I was just, I was sitting on my bed and was fucking bawling my eyes out and was just like, was just ready to finally face it. And I remember the, one of the figures from that life that was really prominent was this little boy. And I was sitting on my bed crying and the little boy was standing in front of me. And I said, you know what? Just show me, show me, show me what the thing is. And so he took me into this one memory in particular, sitting with one of his friends, the friends were on the ground playing together. And this boy, I remember he, the boy was me. And so I was in the boy's perspective and the boy stood up at some point and just walked away from this friend, walked over a hill and carried on. And in that moment, I could feel this really strong decision of like, we're leaving this behind. This is ending and I am moving on and I need to go do whatever and kind of like, fuck this, but lovingly. And so the... The, the reason why that life had kept coming around because I was so guilty about that. And so that boy took me on this journey through that life, like showing different snapshots of what the, that decision resulted in and resulted in, you know, me being able to be this wealthy merchant and have a house and a family and also be a, a huge asshole. And um, so there was a lot of guilt in choosing that. But then when I finally sat down and accepted it and let it all come in, what the little boy actually showed me was in that moment when he decided to walk over the hill, when he decided to walk into that new life, he was making the decision to survive. And that he, I had previously always seen it as like he was abandoning his friend. But what I realized in that moment is that the friend actually didn't exist. The friend was like an imaginary friend. It was, it was a part of that little boy that he had externalized, like the inner children of that child, right, to, um, in order to cope with how stressful his life was. And he felt like he couldn't, he didn't have any more time to play. He didn't have any more time to um, just be a kid. He needed to go and survive. He needed to rise above what he was born to be, right? He was going to prove everyone wrong and it was time to let this childish thing die. And so he abandoned it. He walked on and then, and full send on that decision. And the, like, I didn't realize how much I needed that. And that the friend, that imaginary friend in that life was able to say to me, like, it's all good. Like that's, that's what I was here for. That's what, how this was always going to go. Right. Like it's, there's no, there's no hard feelings at all. And so then coming out of that scene, the memories, that that life kind of thing, the, the boy that was me hugged me and we just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And then, um, the dog was very worried about us. And then, um, 
the my real dog at, at that time and then all of a sudden this light just came out through him and so there was this light shining from like the center of him like these sun rays and it just was brighter and brighter and brighter and then and he kind of disappeared into it and floated away and like it all released and I had that big like oh okay we're done crying and it was like this huge massive release and that life never bothered me again never thought twice about it actually the only time since that I thought about it was when I went to oh no I went to London before that release happened actually and I was on a bus in London and sitting on the bus I was on the top level of a double-decker bus I was by myself and all of a sudden I heard this voice in my head saying get off the bus and I was like what the fuck and so I like look out and we're and we were just cut, like at a stop. We were right at a stop, and so I kind of had to either get up and move right that split second the voice happened, and I took a minute to like look around and see where I was and kind of second guess it. And then the bus went, and I and I missed the missed the moment. Um, but as we rolled by, um, I saw we were in front of a graveyard, and let me tell you, the sensation of walking over your own grave has never been stronger. It's happened to me a few times in this life. Um, or have been to the place that I've been buried in a previous life. And like, that was wild. That was absolutely wild. And so I was remembering incredibly that happened before this big release, but it was just so remarkable to me. And so, but the thing that has always stayed with me with that is how um, I've always wondered if that really was a past life. Or if it was a version of me, like an inner child, a part, you know, think of family systems that needed attention and dressing up in those clothes and having those images allowed it to come to, to get my attention in whatever way that it needed. But then also, if that was the case, was I just acting out the patterns that that past life had left unresolved in order to kind of meet it? where it is now right and so it's like right like it was baked in from that life into this life and you know it kind of goes around in the circle and so it just yeah I've always I don't know if I'll ever know but um it was just such a cool experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how have you guys I know um how have you guys experienced past life healing I know that there's a very common I mean you guys talked about it too and how you operate with things is that when you resolve the issue that comes from the past life it brings the healing through to here and I'm curious how you've noticed that um in your own lives Mm, okay I'll go (laughs) I have like I have so many stories but um yeah it's really fascinating so with, uh, so the most recent past life healing I did on myself, um, was there was like a, what was coming up? There was like stuff coming up in business where, you know, almost every time I wanted to like shine and share my gift with the world. So for example, like launching my most recent conscious healing program round one, um, I had like it seems like I have this pattern that comes up where I have like this big, beautiful vision and I know that it's fully aligned. So I put it out in the world 
and then nobody wants it. And then I want to like just close up and contract my heart and not share things. And I knew that I had to work through this pattern. And and I did this time um, where instead of like contracting, I just kept my heart open the entire time. But there was a lot of like really heavy feelings that were coming up around it. And when I went into past life healing and looked for the origin, it was really fascinating. So this was like hundreds of years ago, um, but it was, I was, I was essentially a man and the kind of image and feeling that I got was around like being on this old wooden stage. And I was almost like this kind of jester slash like entertainer kind of kind of guy or like, like a bard in a way where I came and I made people laugh and I, you know, entertained and I really shared my light with the world. And I had started in like my, my kind of origin before that, that one stage part was I was in my little village and I would make everyone laugh. And I was like, I brought the light to the village and I brought that lightheartedness because times back then were very difficult and heavy and it like life wasn't easy. Everybody worked hard, um, like short lifespans, all of that kind of thing. So I wanted to really bring joy. So I had gone on to, you know, travel and start sharing that, in in larger ways and with more of the world and then came this one specific memory that kind of kind of was the the pinnacle of things where I was on stage and instead of people being happy and really receiving my gift I literally had rotten tomatoes thrown at me and rather than continue sharing I let that totally become what my life was where I was, I was crestfallen is the, is the word and the emotion that came up. It was just, it was so much deeper than just disappointment or disheartenment. It was crestfallen. And I've never used that word in this lifetime. And it's so funny because after that word came up, I had to keep like using the thesaurus to like look up what that word was because I kept forgetting it. Like I was like, what is that word again? <laughs> um, even though I had it written down, but the the emotion was crestfallen. So that carried through lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. And how it was appearing in this lifetime was that pattern of being really excited to share my gift with the world and then having one little thing happen, like maybe no one responding in the first week or or whatever it was when I put it out or no one showing up to a masterclass and then me feeling crestfallen and just so just so disheartened, so disappointed, so crestfallen that I don't really want to continue yet in this lifetime, I continue to try, but it, it kept repeating that cycle. And when I connected with myself back then his, I mean, we call him Tom or like for Tom foolery. And it's beautiful because now I get to work with him as kind of a guide for me to bring more of that lighthearted tomfoolery back into my life now from that healed perspective. But what I had to do was really get to know him. Like what, what happened and why did he give up on his dream after having tomatoes thrown at him? Why was crestfallen that energy that he carried through? And for him, 
me, those mistakes that he made carried through to this lifetime. And he really regretted and held on to a lot of regret and sadness for, for giving up on his dream. And he, it's not like he didn't ever make anyone laugh again or smile again, but he didn't, he didn't keep pursuing it. So in this lifetime, I get to correct that path and I get to take all of the gifts and all of the lessons that he learned and put it into now this lifetime. And I beautifully got to, you know, see and feel the energy and the joy and the passion that he brought to his work in that lifetime. And I got to give him that love and that support and that confidence and, and all of the other kind of little pieces that I needed in that lifetime to follow through. And now that that's kind of closed up and healed, rather than continuing pulling that crestfallen energy forward into this lifetime, I now get to pull through his passion. I get to pull through his gifts. I get to pull through that lighthearted joy and tomfoolery that he was sharing with the world back then. Now I get to infuse that into what I do because now him, me, in that past life is like a guide for me. I'm curious if you've ever noticed the kind of positive pattern playing out in this current life to bring you to past life healing. Cause I know like thinking about it, it was the crestfallen pattern that brought you kind of to your knees to have that moment to be like, Hey, like what's actually going on here? Have you noticed a, a positive I mean, I'm adding that label crestfallen obviously brought about positive changes, but I'm curious. Mm, You know, not directly. I find that in basically every past life healing, whether it's been for myself or been clients, there's been a, a, like a, a misalignment, if you want to call it that, where something's There's a part of us that's coming up to say this needs attention, but the, the gift, like it's hard because all of the gifts are still there. And when I think back to some other past lives that I've worked through, and there's one specific one that was like eons ago, um, that is a very significant lifetime for me. Um, all of my power is rooted there. Like all of my power as a healer, as a leader, as like a light bringer, like all of that is rooted in that initial lifetime, but it also had a lot of wounds around like parenthood and, you know, being responsible for people because in that lifetime I had led people and tried to save them and support them, but they all died anyway. And the few that didn't held like this deep judgment. And then I held judgment and like, it was a very deep pattern but like both sides are there so it's I'm gonna say like no no it's not always like the the positive it's hard because when it's when it's good you're already tapping into those gifts whereas like when it's when something's not good per se it's like hey there's gifts over here come come receive them yeah how's this resonating with you Liz Yeah, this is resonating a lot. And it's interesting because when you were just saying about the lifetime where you led people and like not everyone made it, that sparked something in me where I was like, hold on a second. 
And like, I saw this, like for me, I saw this whole like river scene coming up and I was like, "Mm, I don't think we all made it across. But um, it is interesting, like how I like this concept of like, we're already using our gifts from past lives and we just don't recognize it as that. But I like this idea of, um, because so much of like my past life healing for myself and then with other people, just like Anastasia was saying, is, you know, being able to find those origin points or find those access points and then transmute something there, like to use it here or to bring it attention here, um, to see how we're playing out those patterns or how it may be manifesting for us. And then being able to use our other gifts to work through that. So we're really using like those light gifts with the shadow and like doing this really beautiful internal trans transmutation. And I just wanted to share one of my significant mm-hmm. past lives. Um, this one came through a few years ago and this was right around the time that, um, that I became aware that I could access past lives. And I had this dream that I was living on a farm a few hundred years ago and it was the type of farm where like an extended family built it up. And so we were kind of our own little village, but everyone was related. And I could see like exactly the the way that the land was shaped, like against a creek for irrigation, like all of that. And I had five or six children. And I think it's five or six because one was an infant. So it was, I can't, you know. Um, And one night I woke up and smelled smoke. And I like went to the window because I could tell it wasn't like in the house. And I went to the window and I just saw that the whole farm was like in flames somehow. Like the field outside was ablaze. And I just grabbed the baby and I went running outside and like my husband and our relatives were all like making a line from the creek to try to start putting out the fire and like passing buckets. And I got convinced because I couldn't see all of my children. I got convinced that one of my children had run into the flames. And so I didn't run into the fire, but I kept staying too close and inhaling so much of the smoke, like looking, trying to see. And I was holding the baby and I collapsed and eventually died from this smoke inhalation. And when I was asking like, why am I seeing this? What am I supposed to know from this? What am I bringing through into this lifetime? It was this this combination of messages, but it felt like the phrase that's coming through right now when I'm talking about it is like winning at all costs, Um, like trying to find the goal even to when it's detrimental to me. And also... um, you know, which I think is an interesting neighbor to that concept is that martyrdom piece. Like I'll put myself at detriment if it saves someone else or if it, you know, helps someone else or if it gets us closer to the goal. And just like Anastasia was saying too, like I spent, and and like your story too, Lauren, I spent a lot of time with that woman, like finding out like what her life was like. and, And it's interesting that a lot of times I'll, relate to the lifetime and say like I was spending time there and seeing how I lived and like use it in the first person. So it's interesting that it just came through as like third person. Like I spent a lot of time with her 
and, um, and did work through a lot of those wounds, you know, a lot of those shadows and saying like, okay, we can be winners, but it's not to our detriment. We don't go like full speed into the wall and say like, we're going to win. We're going to reach the goal. And I felt like that has helped me immensely in this entrepreneurship journey and like with the resilience and with knowing when to hold back a little bit, knowing when to give myself rest, knowing when to, when it is proper, good and proper to like run toward the fire and, you know, check it out. But, um, yeah, I love her gifts as well, where she really was a devoted mother. And that's been something that's been difficult for me in parenthood is like learning how to be a healed mother. And so um, I do feel like a lot of those gifts come through too um, from that specific lifetime. I love that you um, you were reflecting along around the, the lines of motherhood and the fact that you were struggling with really accepting motherhood and, and your gifts as it in this lifetime. Cause I think that's such an important part of our past life healing as well is, you know, we do, and this is, I guess, where some of that positive aspect comes in where we do get to go back and receive gifts that maybe we're not even seeing that are there. Like the fact that you are a beautiful and amazing and powerful mother. And so like present and, and conscious with your children um, but not wanting to really accept it in this lifetime, but then it's it's there for you to see, okay, well, I, I've, I've done this. I've been there. Like, it's okay for me to actually accept that. Even if we don't have specific wounding around it from a past life, like the, the gifts are there for us to just take and claim and embody. Yeah. I love that. I love how much it's available to us. Like the more you know, that I go into, you know, all spirituality, but especially past lives and like ancestral, because I, I mix a lot of ancestral stuff with my, with like past lives as they come through for me personally, at least. And um, like how, how much like we bear the wounds of our ancestors in many ways, but we do also bear their gifts, you know, and being able to really like pull that through in a different way and, um, and be like, Ooh, let's, let's see what this baby can do. Like, what else, what else do we have? Yeah, totally. It, um, as you were kind of saying that, what was like the image that was coming up was, um, you know, those, uh, like the Japanese bowls where, or like Japanese art of healing things where it fills it with gold, where there's cracks, like are any, any wound that, exists within us or down our ancestral line or in past lives, those are literally spaces made for that gold and that light and those gifts to come in. Cause otherwise it would, it would like, there wouldn't be the space for it. So we have to almost wound ourselves to make the space to then fill in with the gold. I'm doing a really good job <laughs> of making the space. <laughs> yeah. We're all doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally, this conversation is, is blowing my mind in a good way. The, not that this, this is all honestly what I expected because past life stuff is immensely healing. And it's, it's also just fun 
to like go back and be like, what was it like in the 1900s? What was it like over here? That kind of thing, right? Um, I'm curious if you guys have heard, I think MCG, you were reacting when I mentioned Michael Newton earlier and the life between lives and that kind of thing. Were you, or was I imagining that? Um, no, I both. Like, I haven't heard of that book, but, like, Life Between Lives, yep, totally makes sense to me. Okay. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask if you guys have heard of or experienced this Space Between Lives. Now, Michael Newton has, like, a whole thing. He channeled a whole thing about how past lives work and, like, when you're doing past life regression, hypnotherapy, like, the way that you go back. And he described this whole thing. And I remember reading the book and just being like, well, duh, obviously. Um, but the, how about, like, there's the kind of the control center between where you decide where you're going and, like, where you kind of charge up in between lives and where you meet up with your soul family and, and different things like that. And so I'm curious what your guys' experience has been like with that. So I'm not a physicist. However, I love playing with the idea of time and you know, what time actually is, how it works. And, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to me. And I, I have a client who has told me many times about like the Newton Institute tapes and that she listens to about the like life, life between lives. And um, so I haven't personally read it, but everything she's ever said to me, I'm like, yeah, that's totally, that totally makes sense. And for me, like I, I absolutely subscribe to the idea that there's like a central point of consciousness that we're returning to and that this is probably all, everything is probably happening like instantaneously, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that time is linear at all. I just, and like when we talk about healing as well, um, I love that you brought that up to Anastasia about how like we can pretty much heal things in the here and now, like very, it's almost like, to me, it's like wounds almost get depixelated when I'm going into like deep healing, if if that's like a thing that resonates, but where it's, it can just happen so instantaneously, like when you are aligned with the elements of that healing or the elements of that, if we want to call it a wound or a gift or whatever. But like, I love, <clears throat> I love this idea that like we do, I'm going to use the phrase return. Like we do return to like central consciousness and like go into our records and like choose like, okay, next time I want to work on this. Like I want to work on the, the wound around giving, you know, winning at all costs, which comes up in a lot of lifetimes for me, for sure. Um, but so I like, I like this idea that there is that central point, but that all of this could just be happening like, at the same moment as well. We're just experiencing it through different channels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I very firmly believe that all of your lives are happening at the same time and that you can string the put, like lay them out chronologically in order, but that if you put them chronologically in order in terms of earth years of when they occurred, that like your the lifetime number one, like as in the first one you existed might've been in the year 1300. And the second year that it might've been, the second life might've been in the year 2000. And then the third life might've been in 1800. And that, you know, like, and it can bounce because it's not like, right. But like, they're all happening at the same time. I really 
double inception myself earlier today when I was like the whole concept of twin flames. What if it's literally you meeting yourself living in a different version, a different lifetime who is on earth at the same time as you? Right. That sat me down for a moment earlier. Go, Anastasia. I have go. I have go, go, go. <laughs> okay. Let's let's deeper like blow this this bishop. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so my feeling on that definitely that time is not actually linear. It's kind of like like that from that central consciousness. It's like a spoke coming down, and it's just kind of all this like interconnected webs, and then there's like multiple timelines that even is in our human consciousness. Like there's so many different timelines that are that are out there that we can then like shift onto and we're like oh shifted onto this one oh shifted onto this one and and the more in tune you get you can actually feel those timeline shifts because it's like it's either a deja vu moment or it's like something something weird where you're just like do 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 oh okay like it <laughs> like yes. and you're like what what just happened but like all right like me on Tuesday oh my god yeah and it's so so there's that part but then I also believe that currently not only can we like live lifetimes and have it the way you guys were explaining it where like okay well it could be 1800 but 1800 is your third lifetime whereas 2000 is like your second lifetime like that but then also our soul like I have I've seen where our soul actually has different conscious conscious in current day life. So you might have your soul actually living seven different lives at the same time, all working on soul lessons that are similar, but, but different. Like I had a client whose father is actually their cat as well, but like a piece of him came in to do work with, like with them. And it like, he is currently no longer here in the physical, but he is as a cat. But his cat is also like he it's his consciousness, but also the cat's consciousness because it's a sep like it's a totally separate consciousness that's still the same soul. It's like a tag along. It's it's not even a tag along. It's just like it's almost like you are a central, like up here in spirit, you're the central soul of all of that, everything that you are. And then like one tendril of soul is living in my current body. And then another tendril of my soul is in somebody else's. And like, and it just kind of keeps going from there. So there's actually multiple tendrils of the same soul living lifetimes at the exact same 3D human all time. Right. All right, yeah. I can get behind that. What if, <laughs> everybody put on your tinfoil hat, okay? What if, our experience here in the body, okay? <laughs> what if it's, because the way that we describe, I'm gonna use the word wounding, is that okay with everybody? Yeah, do it. Okay, the way that we experience or describe like our wounding or like ancestral wounding or like those soul markers, what if it's like just all of those multiple tendrils, if we wanna call them that, because I like that image, like those multiple tendrils like, coexisting in the same human form. So it's not one soul. It's like a, one of those tendrils of like many souls and it could be in your bloodline or it could be people who are doing the same 
work as you. And so it's like actually instead of like one soul having all of these markers and wounds is if it's almost like a collection, like it's, you know how we talk about like we are source energy. So it's like if source energy is this collective of soul energy, what then prevents us as humans from being also a collective of soul energy? And so as we're, you know, healing those different tendrils or healing those wounds in the here and now, like we're trans, we're doing that life lesson, but it's not all one central soul. It's like all of these different pieces coming together. Is that making sense? Even if we don't subscribe to it? It makes sense. Cause and I think it also makes me think of how, you know, when you go through those timeline shifts, do you, have you ever felt the moment when you switch into yeah. a different way of being? Like when you're insides, you're just like, there's a moment and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. All right. Let's, let's, this is different. Like you yeah. feel the walk-in almost, um, but it's not a full walk-in. Like you feel you're still connected to all of your past. Like if we're thinking of the tendril method here, it's like, it's like a different one rotates up to the front of the line. Right. And like, because, because right? this, yeah, exactly. But it's like that one that comes to the front of the line. It's like all time and space we're going to call it time and space. Okay. Like all circumstances have converged to where it's like, this is the, the prime time for this one to learn it or like to transmute and like learn the lesson that it's here to learn because of this set of circumstances. So like that can also be like those shifts. I have to tell you guys, like a month ago, I experienced two timeline shifts very close together And the way that the first one happened was I was sitting having lunch with someone and I was looking at an escalator in a shop and we were having this really deep conversation. And down the escalator came this this guy, very distinct looking guy. You know, I could see the whole thing. I watched him walk out of the building. No problem. Five seconds later, I see him come down again. And I was like, okay. I, I, I agree. I will shift this timeline. But it was like that thing where I saw it happen and then I saw it happen again. And I just, I was like, I accept. Because I knew in that moment, I was like, this is a signifier of me like shifting into something if I want it. And if I ignore this and say like, oh, that was weird. I must've been confused. Then almost like I missed that portal at that moment, but it would come back around. It would just be like, okay, you need to work on trusting yourself. Okay. Yes. That is fucking so potent. Cause I mean, I was going to make a joke about like, Oh, it's such a glitch in the simulation, but like that's, but taking it seriously is the fucking gift, right? Like that is the gift of like those, those jumps, those timeline jumps are so simple. And I know I've definitely spent the better part of the last week or three resisting a few timeline jumps, which is hard. And futile and so dreadfully uncomfortable and then when you finally are like you you take the moment seriously and you're finally like you let yourself say the thing right like like for me it was like I'm done for I'm done is always a word that comes up for me but like that I'm done or I accept or whatever the thing is right like that's when you actually acknowledge it you take it seriously you let it in um and so many people make light of it Make it a joke. Make it a, I don't know, I don't know what. Yeah, that's, it's that, like, absolutely. Where I know that, I'm going to say old me, old me would have looked at that 
situation. And those thoughts did come in my mind where it's like, oh, it's a glitch in the matrix or like, you know, it's a glitch in the simulation. And I was like, no, 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 I accept. Like whatever this is that's happening right now, yeah, I, I'll do that. That's fine. I don't know what it is, but okay, yeah, let's let's shift here. And I think that is like we do have that innate knowing of like something just happened and we've been given this language to dismiss it. And we usually, you know, in that moment in the choose your own adventure, we're like, I'll go with the programming. Like we'll, we'll dismiss it. That was weird, but whatever. Um, I, I was just on a trip, a solo trip with my nine-year-old for four days. And we were sitting at breakfast one morning and I looked at her and I said, Ooh, I just had deja vu. And she was like, what's deja vu? And I explained it to her. I just said, you know, you know, sometimes when something happens, you almost feel like it's happened before, or you've had a dream about it before, but it feels very familiar. And she was like, oh, I never knew what that was called. She goes, that happens to me all the time. And then we got into this really cool kid conversation where she just had no barriers to it. And I was like, what do you think that is? And we got into this really neat conversation. And I mean, it went a little off the rails into like mythology and stuff, but it was so fun. And I was like, ooh, what a what a gift, especially... Um, when we carry different wounds around having those gifts or around talking about those things, um, just being able to communicate with a kid and be like, Hey, there's potent magic in you. If you want to let it out, like you can talk to me about it. And like, I feel like that healed back a lot of stuff for me too, in that moment without having to like go into where was the origin, which is, also valid and it's deep medicine, but it's like those moments where you're like, Ooh, something just happened. Okay. That feels good. It's amazing how easy and quickly those shifts can come when you just acknowledge them. And I think there is such a to do around doing the healing and doing, going to the sessions and getting a healer, mentor, coach, whatever. And like, like you said, those things are valid. They work really well and they're phenomenal tools. And I think that, you know, it it also kind of helps us lose touch of the fact that we're, we're built to do this. Like this is literally part of being human is to have those aha moments, is to have the deja vu, is to click into gear and to, and to go with things. And although being conscious and having the practice of observing and having the practice of, um, you know, honoring and taking those things seriously is what makes it all kind of gel and come to life and allows you to um, choose what you click into gear on and go forward. Because I think, because what just popped into my mind is, as I started saying that was like, well, sure, you could click into gear, but like, what if you end up a lifelong criminal? And like, what if you just like go in a direction of a program or something like that. And, um, right. So then that magic of being willing to observe, being willing to, to come into harmony with those realizations, I think is really the thing. Um, the deja vu is a cool one. The, um, I'm in Edinburgh right now. And the other day was out, took a bus out when I was exploring that kind of thing. This was a couple of weeks ago and got off the bus and was like, Oh 
oh shit, I've been here before. As of even on the bus driving down the street, I was like, I have been here before, but I've also super never been to Edinburgh. So that was interesting. And um, got walking around and of course everything was looking just this weirdly vaguely familiar. Everything was looking familiar. And I got around to this one coffee shop that I had been dreaming about for such a long time. Yellow bricks, black tables outside, drinking a coffee. So I was like, well, I'd be stupid not to sit here and order a coffee. So I did, sat there, started writing. And across the street along the river um, was this one building was really beautiful, that kind of thing. There was a tattoo shop inside of it. And I was sitting there, I had a notebook, I was writing and minding my own business and kind of, you know, the day didn't really amount to much. It, um, on the grand scheme of things, it was writing, it was a couple of realizations sitting there about life or whatever, and then going back home. And, um, so however, a couple days later, I was like, oh yeah, I saw this really cool tattoo shop. It just looked really pretty. Like their whole vibe and everything seems cool. And I was talking, telling a friend about this and she says, oh my gosh, you need to get a tattoo. Like, how could you not go there and get a tattoo? I was like, well, I mean, whatever that's fine and then I got thinking about it some more and so I actually did book it actually did go get the tattoo it's amazing and phenomenal and I love it um the artist was Marley Sessford at Insider Tattoo and anybody listening to this should go to him if they're in Edinburgh but the um when I left there feeling fucking phenomenal the and then that evening and the next morning I cl- it just kind of clicked that I was like oh, okay this is I felt the timeline shift I felt it go and it's like okay I'm done here like I'm ready I'm ready for the next thing and that was you know trying to resist that and trying to whatever it was like just driving me crazy and um was able to get on the phone with a different friend and really be like put things into perspective where it's like you can just let the timeline shift happen that's totally fine um but yeah the deja vu is always i love it it's such a strong indicator of it fun excitement everything in my mind mm-hmm. i think too you know further to the topic of deja vu when we when we experience places like that where like mm, i've been here before i think too it sometimes activates some of those like those lessons or those gifts within us or those awarenesses even if it's not like there's nothing to be healed it's just like "Mm, I've been here before and then you just like open up and receive whatever is meant to come to you from being in that place or from having that like little experience and it just it's like an awakening or activation point that you're like oh yes yeah yeah that has been invaluable in this process and you described it perfectly of like it's just this ever evolving process of coming into deeper trust with myself and the deja vu are like the bonus levels to let that happen okay linking this all back to past lives i'm curious if you guys have one more experience that was kind of funny or kind of odd that you want to share about a past life I have something odd to share. Um, And this happened in what I consider to be a very passive way. So I'll just explain it. 
but um, three years ago, the week of New Year's, we had decided to go to London and I've been all over the world. I live in Europe. I had never been to England before and until like three years ago. So in my late thirties and we landed in London and we went down to Hyde Park and I just immediately was like, not for me. And I love city parks. I love expanses of outdoor space. I love trees. And every time, I mean, when we walked through Hyde Park because we were staying on one side of it. So to get to other places, we were crossing this park quite often. And every time I was just like, I don't like the way I feel in here. Something's wrong. I was like bickering with everyone in my family the whole trip. I was just not pleasant. And when we came back home, like when we got back to our safe place, I was just like, what was that? What was that about? And I had a couple of um, feelings about things that had happened in that park in a past life. And it was the type of thing where I was like, I don't really need to see more of this. Like it, you know, I'm just like, okay, it was like the worst thing imaginable. Okay, got it. Like just the worst thing imaginable. I'll just, I'll know that. I don't need to go and see it. And I then just set the intention, like whatever's supposed to be transmuted here, just like show me or guide me. And this was right before I, this was like five months before I left my corporate job and started my my business when we had gone to London. And so over the past three years, I've just been not consciously healing London, but doing a lot of healing and self-discovery and personal development, you know, which entrepreneurship will do anyway, even if you're not in the spiritual community, but you know, it's a double whammy when you are. And this Christmas, I'm going to say this in air quotes, like out of nowhere, we had decided that instead of spending Christmas with our extended families, that we wanted to go to London and do Christmas in London as a family, just ourselves. And, you know, we, we came up with this great idea for, you know, the days we would spend there. And we ended up doing that. On our way to London, like we had every obstacle thrown at us. Like last minute, we we brought the wrong passport to the airport. You know, we one of them was expired and we were like, how, how did we do this? Like our next flights were delayed. Like our baggage was lost. Like, you know, all these barriers kept popping up and we were like, we're good. We're good here. We're, this is a fine trip. This is fine. Yeah, we'll roll with it. And we had the most beautiful trip. And it I could really feel when we were there, I was like, we're closing a loop. Like we're closing a healing loop. Like we've done the healing. But when we were there, it was just so significant. Like we're really like putting the cork in and like sealing it with wax and like, that's good. Whatever needed to be moved and dealt with and transmuted from whatever those wounds were, like we've done what we were supposed to do with that for now. And being able to like experience that shift, like that physical shift in the energy over that time, like revisiting, like you were saying before, like the scene of the crime, kind of like with with that, like revisiting it and feeling how that energy has shifted. And that's happened like a couple of times with specific locations where I felt a, something there that triggered me, did the healing and then like returned later and, and felt that difference and be like, oh, I've done 
well, one time it was like, I haven't done enough. Like I got to keep working on it. And then, you know, but every other time it's like, I can really feel that lightness in place or that lightness in my body when I'm there. And that's super fascinating to me too. Like really being able to physically feel, see, experience that shift. That's very cool. I know for me, one of my past lives was lived in Mexico and I didn't know that until I went to Mexico. Um, and we were staying all inclusive. It was me and my ex. We decided to go on an excursion to see the, the Mayan ruins. And part of that was going to the cenote afterwards, like the underwater caves, underground caves. And um, didn't really think anything about that part. I had known from my previous travels that there was three temples we could go to. And I had learned in early visits to France that you never go to the cathedral that is the most popular because it's also been the most restored and is therefore the least authentic. Um, Notre Dame in Paris. And um, the... But if you go to the one that's kind of second most popular or even third most popular, they're less restored and more authentic and there's less tourists around and it's just a better overall experience. So we're, we went to this where me and my ex are picking the places and he wants to go to the popular place. And I'm like, absolutely not. It's not happening. So we pick, we go to the less popular one. Both of us are blown. Our minds are just absolutely blown. There was one stone that had been recovered and placed somewhere other than its original spot, but it was the, it was a big prayer stone. It had been carved on very similarly to like high hieroglyphics and stuff where there's a story written on it. And I were just walking up to it and being like in awe, having no idea what was going on, but just like the feeling coming off of it was so strong. Well, we got to the cenote afterwards and you, the ones that we were at, you repelled down into. And I remember getting to the bottom and getting in the water and all of a sudden, the the cenote they had previously done like burials and stuff in there like that was it was a holy place for for the mayans with these cenotes and now we're just swimming in there like we're tourists and so and we get as soon as i touched the water all of a sudden i could see when i had died in that life that was where my body had physically gone through and i had to jump in the water five times off of the dock and off of the whatever that was I five times had to jump in and whatever that was that cleared it that whatever the only like real image and stuff that I've gotten that life was that I was a woman and there was this one time on my knees praying in the forest and not like praying like begging for anything just like being with the forest and in the forest I was naked and it was just magical magical but it was such a cool experience to just like walk into that past life and be like oh I didn't know this was here um yeah mm -hmm. that's really cool I had um I haven't experienced a, a past life where like where I've walked into it in that way but um what I have experienced is where the it's like the, I, I end up finding like the actual past life that I was. Cause I like did, I did the Googling. Um, but, <laughs> but all of the, like the fears and all of the physical like sensations, like hit me like a ton of bricks and, um, over the past couple of years. So I ended up having really severe anxiety, 
um, surrounding like masks and stuff. And um, one of the things that ended up coming up for me was a past life. And I, I could feel and I could literally feel the cuts on my face, the um, the inability to breathe, like the the ball, like the the metal ball in my mouth that like cut me up. Like it was, and I could feel like the blood and taste it and like the pain and everything. And in a past life, I'd been a slave and I actually found, um, I, I was actually, before I was a slave, I was like essentially a priestess and I found me in a past life and I was like, fuck. Yeah. And, um, like I, because I used to be a leader and speak my truth in that lifetime and really like help my people. And I had that kind of like priestess medicine woman type of, you know, role and responsibility and then was enslaved and they, they purposely chained my mouth. And I can actually find like pictures of the type of the exact like type of device where it's like a essentially metal mask that's chained and there's like a ball, like a, a metal metal ball that like cuts your mouth in that just sits there all the time. And I literally like starved and, and like, and bled to death very slowly. And it was like torturous. And it was so interesting to feel all of that come into my body. And like, and it, it was so visceral for me. Um, and I had a lot of like, I had a lot of issues over the past couple of years, but what it did is it allowed me to almost protect myself and then stay in my strength around really holding freedom and my beliefs. And like, I did what I needed to do for me, no matter what, because of that past life, but it was so visceral. And even now, like I still, I can still feel it like it won't fully let go, but I also don't need it to let go. It's like a really interesting dynamic there. What are you gaining from not letting it go entirely at this point? Hmm. It's, um, it's the strength to be me and to be sovereign and to lead no matter what. That's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm very happy for you that you get to have that power and knowing consciously to, to fuel what you do. Cause I know that you do a very amazing work and that you're very passionate about what you do. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. My name in that lifetime was also Anastasia. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's very awesome. Yeah. It's really neat. Um, so one thing that, uh, that's kind of been coming up as we've been talking and, um, has been my experience around past lives as well is, you know, when I first started, um, looking into past lives, like before I was even a healer or had like, had gone through my remembering process of connecting to spirit, I was very, very new, um, I used to feel like past lives, like looking into past lives was very like neat and, and it it obviously is, but, um, I just wanted to like very much like you, like explore everything and just know the things and spirit would not show me. And I went through one like kind of guided meditation, past life regression that was um, more in the style of what Dolores Cannon teaches. And, um, like all spirit showed me was like pink, like iridescent, like light clouds, goo, 
it's basically like what what spirit is if you were like in that kind of just that consciousness the so like between lives. yeah like so that is what they showed me and they wouldn't like and even now I can't just go explore past lives I have to have a reason, a purpose and reverence, because even if I wanted to just explore like, oh, take me to a lifetime where like things were really good and and, and stuff like that. If I'm doing it, if, if there's not a specific reason, they will not show me. Um, and I think it's really important to know that because we do have to have a lot of reverence for past lives. And also you're only going to be shown what you need to be shown. Otherwise, like spirit might play with you sometimes if like if you're really insistent upon something and they want to teach you a lesson, they might like just show you a bunch of shit. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it is really interesting. And, and, you know, as we start exploring past lives for anyone listening, um, don't beat yourself up if you're seeing or sensing like different types of things or like not getting anything. And some of us are very visual. Like you guys, like you two are, are, clearly more visual. I feel a lot more and I just kind of know a lot more. So my visuals, it, the way that I explain it is like, I don't actually, if I close my eyes, I don't actually see anything. It's just like black. Um, and in order for me to see, it's like spirit tells me what is around me. So like with my past life of, of being on a stage, I can feel almost like the splinters in the wood, but if I were to just like, it's not like a movie in my head. Like I don't you have like closed captioning from spirit. Yeah, essentially. So it's just kind of like black, but I like know it's there and I know that the wood is brown and I know like the colors of what's there, but it's like, I'm being told, yeah, what is there rather than me seeing it. So, you know, as we go back into past lives, we're all going to see it and experience it in different ways and don't hold on to one specific way like it has to be this really cool like movie in my head or it has to be this certain way it's going to be what it's meant to be for you and just be like open-hearted and curious and ask questions of that past life and just see what is there for you to learn and the more curious you are and just open-heartedly asking questions the more will come for you that is meant for you to understand from that yeah Absolutely. A hundred percent. Liz, do you have anything that you would like the listener to take away from this about past lives? Yeah, I agree with what Anastasia was saying, like intention, intentionality around it is really important. And what I really love about this practice is that it has opened up my curiosity about, you know, what time is, what wounds are, what the soul is, you know, what we've kind of been talking about here. So I think also using this tool to get more curious around what's out there is, um, can be really helpful just in terms of like expanding your understanding of what, what this experience is, what this lifetime really is, um, and what it is we're here to do. But I think intentionality is super key. Um, and when you were saying that spirit will mess with you, absolutely. Like there've been those times where I'm like, okay, show me, show me a time when I really understood X. And then it's like a fluttering of a cape, you know? And I'm like, oh, that didn't really give me much. What else is there? And then it's like an unopened letter. 
And I, I'm like, can I see what it says on the letter? No. Like, do you want to know when things were really good? Like, that's when it was boring. It's the fluttering of a cape. It's an unopened letter that you can't read. Like, that's that's when things are really, quote unquote, good, when it's just mundane and there's no drama. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I get that. But um, being able to use it as a healing tool, I think, is such a gift, such a gift that we give ourselves. And I do really believe that everybody has this ability. Um, and it's not about like the right set of, set of circumstances. It's about, you know, remaining curious and allowing it to come through for you the way that it's going to come through. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would add to that too, that just being patient is the key ingredient. I know when I started out, patience was a virtue I had absolutely no time for. Um, and so the, in trying to rush is when I made all of those mistakes and did not listen. Um, and I fucked around and found out. So yeah, now we're here. So I wanted to say thank you very much, ladies, for this fascinating conversation. The detours were delicious in this one today. Um, it was a pleasure to have you here. And I want to say thank you as well to all of our listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like, follow, subscribe, or rate the show on whatever platform you're using, whether that's YouTube or podcast platforms. Um, it really means a lot to help us grow. Um, literally every single view, like all of the things make a huge difference at this point. So thank you. Um, we also want to help to bring more people into the fold, into these conversations, just like this one, so that people going through their own spiritual journey and awakening do not feel quite so alone because it can be a very lonely process. Um, join us next week on Thursday for more conversations with friends. Next week, I will be joined by Shauna and Kona, where we're going to be talking about our experience in P the Theories, Create Your Dream Job Creator, and how we have been experiencing our realities as we choose to embody our values and live our dreams. So thank you so much for joining us, and have a great day.